Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. Today on the show, we're reading Dead House Gates, chapters 11 and 12. My name is Peter Bond, and I've read each book in the main series. However, my two co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Good morning, y'all. And somebody that it's exhausting to continuously come up with nicknames for, Joshua Dean Baker. Throwing my middle name in there, giving out my whole government. Yeah, yeah, they can uh, steal your social security now. Well, joke's on them. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) We were just talking, oh, uh, well, I guess we should say... um, Thanks so much for Steve, to Steven Erickson for coming on the show. It's it's our first time recording since we talked to him, and it was um, an awesome opportunity. It was a you know a, it was a congenial talk, and uh, you know we were glad to be able to put that out for everyone. It was the sweetest of treats. He really lives yeah. up to the the stereotype of being a nice Canadian. He was just so genuinely sweet. Yeah. Plus, it was great to talk about uh, Garden Zuma in that way, and kind of just prodded him about hmm, the series in whole and kind of his larger career. And of course, we did love destroying Tolkien, and uh, we feed off your rage. So yeah, thank throw, you. Throwing out some Frodo bombs, you know. Um, but the only thing is, now that we are we are discussing a fear before we started recording, in that mm, how does how to put it? I'm almost certain that I'm gonna botch a ton of the pronunciations. And Steve very kindly pointed us in the right direction. But I'm gonna, you know, the idea that I'm gonna stop saying tisty Andy. That taste, taste, Andy is going to be a hard switch for Pete. That's but here's trying, you know. Yeah, I just feel like it's just going to be butchered all over again, and for that, I want to apologize in advance. See, I, that's what I I'm wrote all I'm of tra- them down, and I have the document up because I'm a good podcast person. So I'm just trying to apologize, man, because I just like know, because like now in theory we should know better. Do you know what I mean? I, I do like know in better. Theor- in, in theory, we learned something. In you theory, could say. we should have studied this. Yeah. In preparation. We should have cracked open the textbooks. I agree. I too agree. But with that said... Well, b- before we get into it, I did want to ask the two of you... Uh, I, I want to do a little mid- mid-book check-in, because we're about halfway through, and, you know, in Thread Gardens of the Moon, uh, we talked a lot about how you were just feeling about reading the book a lot, and we haven't had as many of those conversations yet during this book, so I'd just love to just check in at about how we're feeling about Dead House Gates about halfway through the book. India, do you want to go first? No, it's all you, man. All right. I would say that Dead House Gates feels so incredibly good to read in terms of it's an incredible book, but also it makes me unbearably sad almost every sentence I read because of how bad of a situation nearly every character is in, and it really gets me down some days. Yeah. But, like, the writing's top-notch. I do know what you mean, and sometimes it's almost impressive how... Every character seems to go from bad to worse to somehow a new level of worse often. <laughs> Inge, Inge, how are you feeling about halfway through this book? Um, I like it better for sure. I like the story better. But I think like even from our last conversation where Steve was talking about, oh, I purposely place things here so you'll think one thing, but then the other thing happens. And he was like, oh, but India, you wouldn't really realize that's happening because you don't read fantasy. I, I'm still there, where it's just mm. like, I'm sure things are being said. Like, there was a moment, actually, in Chapter 11 where I was like, this was probably such an exciting revelation for Josh and Peter when they read it. And for me, I'm mm. just like, oh, okay. But mm. with that said, I still really, really like the book, um, like, without being able to realize all of the, the tropes and 
you know. But even outside of the tropes, do you think you're, uh, I know Gardens of the Moon, there was a lot of struggling. Do you feel like there's an equal amount of struggling in this book, specifically in regard to maybe grasping the, the story in the world or... Eh. Mm, what, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, so the story, I think, is easier to follow. I think, Hand, well, actually, I lied. Yes. I, uh, I do agree. This, I, I think the story is much more straightforward. Yeah, but there's like an underlying story that I know is relevant that I don't know at all, that I can't even, like this whole like shike business and the whole, and like the what this book is about, I don't know. But- mm. The the stories that I'm like the story as it is, you know, I don't know, they're day to day, I guess, in the chapters, I can follow like where they're going. But the whole overarching point of this book is still it, it's it's like that's about the revelation that I think they had in chapter 11, where I'm like, oh, I think that's probably a really big revelation. But for mm. me, it's like, OK, well, I'm not really sure what this means, but let's keep going. Mm. So, yeah, uh, way easier to read. However, the overarching theme is still lost to me, but I like it a lot better. Interesting. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I think the part of it is that the immediate story within the characters, mm-hmm. I think, is 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 much clearer in the book. I mean, like you were anchored to exactly. a few more plot lines, and it's it's, it's I think it's easier to follow in that way. Regards the Moon is a little more spread out, and it, it's a little hmm, a murkier sometimes of where you're going. Although hmm, I feel like in hindsight, it's much. You know, it's very easy for me to describe Garns of the Moon in like two paragraphs, but it doesn't feel that way when you're reading it, you know, mm-hmm. at least not for me. Yeah, I still couldn't, I don't think. But um, I am excited to find out what all this is about, like what they're all working toward. Because mm-hmm. in the last mm-hmm. book, I feel like it was a lot easier to realize, okay, this is what they want to happen, which I guess the over, I don't know. This one, it's like, I, I have no idea. What are, we, what are we doing, guys? Where are we going? Now, I will say, India, I do have a sneaking suspicion that uh, we won't actually understand exactly what has happened in this book until book 10 is over, just based on everything <laughs> Steven said. Yeah, I agree. He's like, yes, the man who was speared to the chair, that was there for you're a reason. Get, you're and going I'm to like, revisit <laughs> this from two directions. And I was like, how? <laughs> right i'm like i'm so excited i'm excited for when spe- it happens too the, and you guys the are gonna be like and the spear id like are those the two this, this time it's from the point of view of the chair oh. yeah right there was a fly on the wall in that I scene was gonna say he, that. but i just can imagine like i don't know six books from now you guys are gonna be like oh my god remember that and i'm gonna be like not at all Nope. <laughs> or maybe you will, you know? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, it came from Steve, so I probably will remember it, but... There we yeah. go. All righty, let's, uh, let's get into it. I, uh, I was glad to hear your thoughts, though, but let's start uh, talking about Chapter 11. Chapter 11. On the Salanda, our heroes look for a way out of the flooded Warren. Culp attempts to use his Warren Mayanis, but it is difficult. An undead dragon appears, massive and flying over ahead. They ride under its wake as Culp draws them into the Shadow Warren. Ascendance and the dragon help Culp heal the way, but then this power leaves him. Felician watches as they pass through a fiery Warren to land back in Seven Cities. They jump overboard from the ship, so the marines and the burning Salanda do not travel with them. It is Felicen, Bowden, Haboric, and Culp. Culp inquires about Bowden's presence, identifying him as a protector of Felicen. Bowden is revealed to be a Talon, a counterpart to Lassine's claw. 
the Talon worked outside of the Empire and answered to Dancer. The Talon have been mostly called, however, some of their descendants remain. Tavor had hired Bowden to watch after Felicen. Felicen sends Bowden away, feeling betrayed in more ways than one. Haboric and Culp remain with her in the desert. Within the Temple of Shadow, Mappo and Fiddler are trying to divine Escarl Pust's true plan. First, they consider if High House Shadow has brought Absalar to Seven Cities so that she may become the host for the whirlwind goddess. Her animosity against the Empire and skills would make her a powerful tool for Shaikh's resurrection. Alternatively, they speak of the Path of Hands, wondering if they are to intervene to stop the Soul Taken and Divers. They seek ascendancy to form an empire of shapeshifters. Finally, they speak of Icarium and his obsession with time. They return to Crocus, choking Scarl Pust. The High Priest of Shadow tried persuading Apsilar to become Shaik. Iskarl and Apsar leave the room. Ikarium joins them and they discuss the possibilities of Servant. They believe Pust's servant to be Apsilar's father, abducted by Shadow Throne at the same time of Sari's abduction. Servant has been sent towards Shaikh's corpse as bait, and Apsilar is following. Ikarium and Mappo discuss Tremolor, calling it time aspected. They also wonder how much of Absalar's presence on Seven Cities was planned. Akarium feels so close to remembering who he is. He feels Mappo is holding him back somehow. Kalam and the Malazan family encounter Corblo Dom's renegade army. Kalam wants to sneak through the camp, but they cannot. He uses a stone, a magic gift from Quickbang, to open a path into the Imperial Warren. They enter together and travel into the unknown, with the intention of getting to Aaron. Before the rift into the Imperial Warren closes, the Red Blade Lestara Yill finds them. She follows them into the Warren, but not before encountering the Imperial Claw Pearl. The Claw are also tracking Clan. They will travel together into the Warren. Last but not least, the Demon Apt appears. After saving crucified children, including a mutilated boy he now carries, Ap speaks with Shadowthrone. Shadowthrone heals the boy and other children, and they speak of a Scarl Pusk. Then he sends Apt into the Imperial Warren. Inju, uh, you, you said it was a good chapter. A lot happened in it. It was a big one, and I'd be curious to what you enjoyed about it, and uh, maybe pick a storyline, and we can talk a bit about it. Um, I guess we'll pick. I want to go in order, even though what I was actually interested, in, but also most confused by, was the um, Icarium, Mapo, Crocus, Absalar thing. But we'll get there. Sure. Um. So I'll start at the beginning. So the ship that they're on is called yeah. what is it? The Solana. The Solana. Okay, I thought that was the Solanda. Name of- maybe. Yes. Well. I thought that was the name of the dragon thing. That's weird. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Solana is the red dragon. This is the Solanda. You got me. There was a red dragon named Solana. Oh, from the first book. Yeah, 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 Uh, yeah. And then there was a dragon that was dead. So I was like, huh, one in the same. Um, I see. Okay. So what the hell was with that dragon? Why was it there? How did the... Wait, okay. So this is the shape-shifting Warren thing, right? 
So they just, well, they talk they ahead. talk a bit about the undead dragon in the next chapter when they're in the mm-hmm. kind of city of shapeshifters. Right. But this whole but how do they get through? Like I just don't understand how they get uh, through. India, I'll explain. I'll explain magic and that is about as good of an explanation as I can get. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's an all right explanation to sit in. There's there's some complicated collisions there that um, some of them befuddle me, the, but I, I, the I, only, I, I'm starting to grasp the it. The only okay. thing that I can I can kind of get out of it is that Culp is he uses like illusion magic, right? Right. And he was kind of like, well, if you just believe it's real, it will be. And then okay. he oh. somehow opened a rift into the Shadow Warren when the mm-hmm. undead dragon came. He used mm-hmm. the undead dragon's power to kind of like open a rift into the Shadow Realm. And then the dragon They're kind like of, drifting, you know? Yeah, and then the I don't know what that means. But anyway, so then the dragon like Fast and shut Furious, up. Mario Kart. This Sorry. Makes, guys, okay. This makes no sense. And then he oh, so he yeah, it doesn't. But so I don't feel the bad dragon, for not understanding. The, yeah, the dragon this. opens a rift into the Warren, they follow it, some stuff happens, I don't really get it. And then they're out. Okay, fair. All right, fine. Yep. Um, so it really makes the he, yeah, because he was like praying. He was like, "Like guys, get me out of here. I don't know how to get out." And then suddenly they were out, and they were all on fire. And then they weren't on fire at all. So well, they jump off the ship because the ship's in, in, engulfed. Yeah, but then they weren't burned. Yeah, I didn't get that. Out. I didn't get that either. I mean, that section was what it was. Is it possible that we could just oh oh? And then I guess the the talent thing. Oh, that was gets... big. Because I, I, mean, I, so I had, I, and I, I assume I had fallen right into Erickson's trap. But the moment that, let me get his name correct, uh, Bowden, the moment that Bowden had like the, that, that, for, God, Felicin, the moment that Felicin found the claw, the the thingy in Bowden's thing, I thought that that meant he was a claw. Hmm. Even though she may have yeah, called I, I it. Recall. Even though, yeah, I, I was like, oh, it's just so easy. He's obviously a claw. This is so. And then it's like, no, you idiot. You fell from my. You, you've activated my trap card. He's a talent. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So now that they 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 land and they're they're on the Seven Cities mainland, and they kind of Felicen uh, ends up sending Bowden away after it's revealed because yeah. she's an idiot, and everything I said about her so far is true. <laughs> she's the worst. Why is she? Um, well, she's like, a bratty so teen about in it. a really shitty scenario, so like it can be forgiven a little. But no, I, well, I think why was she? She's so upset? upset that her uh, her her sister sends her to a slave colony and like also sends a dude to protect her. I don't know. I can see feeling like, well, you should have not sent me into enslavement in the first place. Well, that's yeah. a little misplaced. I mean, he didn't send yeah. her. He literally just made sure she didn't die. So thanks. Yeah. She, uh, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't agree. But whatever. Made I'm no sense. I'm not saying I agree. I just mm-hmm. she's got a uh, she's got some sister beef. Oh, right. Yeah. I know. But why would you send away the person that has like kept you alive and he kept you alive even into this moment? You would have died because you just also like, stand why there. did so like and was her, were his instruct from his perspective? What were his instructions like? Protect her. Do whatever you must. Unless she figures it out, in which case a simple go away and you can leave. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, if your job is to fucking stay and protect her, tell, tell her, like, fuck you, I'm staying and protecting you. <laughs> you cracked the puzzle, I must leave. But yeah. granted, if somebody told me I will never stop trying to kill you, I'd be like, all right, fair, bye, gotta go. That's true. Yeah, yeah she ha- she basically said that, like, she hates She literally ever, said, her, I will never stop guts. trying to kill you. Yeah. 
And uh, uh, then it's just Habora Culp and uh, Fellas in there in the desert, and they're uh, they're on their own. So, so Josh, let's uh, let's pivot in towards the Temple of Shadow. Mm-hmm. Mappo and Fiddler are are spilling the tea. They're in a full on. We're in a full on gossip section. They're talking about Acarium. They're talking about Absalar. Talking about the Soul Taken. Like we're really just hashing into what could be going on in on this continent. You know. Yeah. So my question to Josh is, you know, they they throw out a bunch of possibilities. What do you think is going on? I'm glad you asked, Peter. It's a good question. I don't know. (laughs) During this section, I was just I was just clinging on for dear life. I was like, oh, this is so many options. Why can't you just do? Why why can't one of these just happen? I mean, like, I bet it's none of the. Iskarol. It does make sense to me that Iskarol Pust is trying to I, I, like it makes sense that he wants Absalar to become the new Shaikh um and mm-hmm. totally makes sense like the way that a all fantasy like you know it, so much of like when when fantasy prophecies go awry there's always like one word that means not what you think and so like Shaikh was like I shall be reborn thinking she just would gain power and really it's like no, you'll fucking die, and then some other human, we will take their body. And so, like, that, I mean, yeah. it really makes it, it attracts so much. Like, it's like, I could really see that happening. Um, the, the, the idea of Servant being Absalar's father, it's like, oh, all these hints. I, like, when, when they said the boat thing, I guess if I had gone back to chapter, or, you know, the prologue of Guardians of the Moon, I would have been like, ah, yes, this is her father, but like, yeah. like what? That's fucking crazy. If you reexamine the It Kokan scene from like Gardens of the Moon chapter one, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's it's ridiculous, and they're like, "Well, his arm did appear to be new." What the fuck does that mean, Mappo? What's There's a new a arm? arm? His arm was younger. Yeah. It was a younger. Young arm. <laughs> it was looking oh, fresh. It was supple. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? It was a baby's arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's such a better image, India. <laughs> such a better image. Um, and, and it does make sense also. I, I hadn't even made the connection that uh, Ser- Servant had literally disappeared in the story the moment that Crocus, Absalar, and the gang like got there. So... India, yep. that yawn was something, and my screen decided to full screen you through it. I just saw oh. every, I saw all of the inside of your mouth from any, every angle. You saw all the teeth. <laughs> oh, all yeah. those teeth. I'm mortified. So, such good teeth. Anyway, um, speaking of good teeth, Fiddler. You like that segue? It's pretty solid. Do they, like do they mention his pearly whites a lot? They do. I, I they do. Well, no, it's just a given. You know, everything. Everything about him <laughs> of course, just, of just course. points to. He's got to. He's got to win some smile. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's. I mean, it was really interesting. It. Here's the thing, though. Because this is Steven Erickson, there are two. There are two ways that this goes. Right. Sure. Option A is. Oh well, they gave all these options, but none of them are accurate. Right. And, mm-hmm. and and it's like, well, I mean, he could do that. Like he could just he could just give all these options and they're also plausible and none of them are right. And so you go into the next like four chapters like, oh, well, I can't believe all of this. But it's also very Erickson to literally fucking tell you the exact thing that's happening. And and then you're like, oh, he wouldn't just fucking tell me what's happening. And then the four chapters, literally everything he said would happen happens. So like, I don't mm. I don't know. The, the, the man, like, is it a con? Is it not a con? I don't know. Mm. So Inge, let's talk about Mapo and Akarma sec but what do you think about josh's struggle do you have a clear image do you think uh, you you have a good idea of maybe why absalar is on the continent was it was it a big plan or you know they they really speak about 
how purposeful her coming to Seven Cities has been. Well, I liked the, they said like a straightforward plot, which was like Shadow Throne. Like, they, why would they take away her power? I Okay, so they said the one plot, which was, okay, they made her this way so that she could go and like kill like Lacine. I don't know. Like kill scene. But yeah. then they're like, but wouldn't like how would she get close to her? Wouldn't it be easier for somebody who was like that still con- maintains all of the powers of that person but is like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. innocent and is like and, and doesn't seem very threatening or offensive in this moment. I liked that one. I thought that made yeah. and they were like so it's like a scheme inside a scheme. But like literally yeah. we saw the scene where Anamander Rake was like shadow throat get the get the rope out of this girl and like he didn't like in what universe did Shadow Throne see this coming and play? Hmm. Like, it just doesn't feel plausible. Like, that just know. seems crazy. Why bring it up? I don't know. I forget who says it. There's a great dialogue where I think they're talking about a Scarl Pust and maybe Shadow Throne. They're like, oh, or they're talking about the Scarl Pust and Quick Ben. They're like, these people, um, they seem like madmen. They just have plans within plans. A bunch of if and if this, then that statements, you know? Oh, yeah. Classic. And, um, uh, you know, it's very interesting, you know, when there's these schemes there and you're not sure what what scheme, what aspects of the scheme are planned, you know? Because Josh, and, and I think Fiddler brings it up. Now he's like, well, this exact point is like, well, why would... Anim- animator rake blah 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 yeah you know so it's crazy i do think it's interesting too to have the characters in the story kind of hashing out the plot yeah do you know it's what so I mean? weird it's so freaking weird but it's, it's so enjoyable yeah it's pretty just annoying. as confused as we are i have no idea yeah. <laughs> so so josh before we pivot away Mappo and akarium have a little bit of a talk and we haven't dived that into this duo in a bit um, I would love to. I will. Know su- I would. Th- I will succinctly summarize my uh, exactly what I think and know about Ikarium and Mappo. You ready? Sure. Hit me. Nothing. <laughs> okay. I, I thought- so you're similar he, to Ikarium. This then. is the the only thing I can. The only thought I have is that Ikarium is a genocidal mass murderer mm-hmm. whose mind was wiped by someone or something, and it's Mappo's job to make sure. That he never regains his memories and once again fucking wipes out like a continent's worth of lives. Mm. I mean, we saw what a Jaghut tyrant does. And Fiddler mm. mentions Akarium just brutally murdering lots and lots of people and being like this destructive force. But like, who wiped his memories? Why wipe his memories rather than just murdering him? These are questions I don't have answers to. Well, to, but to cut in on that, you know, like, um, this is the first time that we've really, Mappo's spoken more about what he's maybe doing, and he, yeah. he speaks about, like, oh, yeah, like, I am here to make sure Ikarium doesn't remember, you know, like, he essentially says he's trying to make sure Ikarium doesn't remember anything, yeah. you know? My thing is, why does Mappo, because Ikarium's, like, for the, I guess for the first time it appeared, he's like, well, you know when you're willingly not telling me. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't want what I think of you to be your only idea of what you are or something. Mm. Like, so it leads me to believe that maybe, I don't know, has he, was it, you, was he with you, him? I don't know. Do you, a part of me, part of me wonders if Mappo hates Akarium. Or I think Akarium hates is, Mappo. I think I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He seems very resentful. Like, there, there are moments where, I, like, like there are moments when when Mappo says things that make me think he like literally is always doing this because it is his job and has zero emotional investment in Akarium. Besides, occasionally feeling bad for him, 
I I don't know. I have I have so many questions. This is the this is the part of the storyline that really Erickson is just like dangling in front of me, just out of reach, and I'm like, I don't know. What I'm should like I be understanding? It's like the opposite of like I don't know. So like maybe I don't. Maybe he's not the one that like has done anything. Maybe it's like I don't know. I, I yeah. Don't know. Maybe Mappo is actually the the motherfucker. Yeah, I I think it's a. Uh, hmm. What do you think, Peter? Why don't you tell us yeah. what you think? You know, I'm just uh, I'm 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 sitting on the sidelines over here on this one. I think you know. Let's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot us away. Okay. Although before although before we go, I mean, here let me let me offer this thought. You know, I I do think they have a very complicated relationship, the two of them, and it's something I really like about the storyline. I think the first time I read it, I felt a lot like how you did because what what we're doing or what we're going on is going on is very <laughs> opaque. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think it's a very purposeful thing, you know? I think it is somehow mirroring Karim's experience, you know? And uh, I think it's especially interesting that it's told from Mappo's point of view, but um, there's, you know, obviously the true state of a lot of things is kind of withheld, you know? Yeah, so I, I think uh, this time through, I, I am more I am more interested in that storyline than definitely the first time I was reading it, you know? Mm. I enjoy mm, spending time with the two of them. Now, finally, at the end of this chapter, we touch in on Clam and the Malazan family, and then we see, you know, everyone goes into the Imperial War, and we still start Yell and Pearl meet up, and then they go into the war. And, you know, I know we've been talking a lot about, uh, we made horses, a horse, the art for this season of the podcast. And I got to tell you, I regret the choice. We should have made Apt the mascot because Apt's a queen and I'm I'm here for her. I would you say know, that, that's all I got to say. That would have been an Apt choice. AJ, guitar yes. riff, guitar yes. riff, AJ. Incredible <laughs> reference, Josh. I love Apt and I love Apt even more because of this chapter. I mean, but what is Apt if not a fucked up horse when you get down to it? <laughs> that is true. Pop, pop, pop that leg in the middle. You know, combine those two front <laughs> legs, stand up on those back ones. Apt is, um, oh my god, maternal. That's what Apt I is. I just love that she, like, saves the kid, and then she gives, like, sass to Shadow Throne, is you Apt know? Is gendered as female? Yes. I think, I think she's, she's gendered she's in this gendered. I didn't, I she's didn't gendered. Ca- I didn't catch that. I Apt was a hundo percent, like, a either boy. genderless or a dude for me. I know. I think probably more genderless, but, like, listen. Classic Erickson, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. That man. Oh, um, breaking barriers. One demon at so a time. What a, one demon at a time. So, so uh, either one of you really, I mean, I mean, we all we all love that. We think, uh, I, I love her conversation with Shadow Throne too, but we also see Kalam go into there and then we also see Lestara meet up with Pearl and we kind of have a, a new duo that's following well, them. Peter, <laughs> wait, before we go into this, I just need to mention, which we did not mention, she asked Shadow Throne to give that boy one eye like her. And I loved it. It is her child. She wanted a a son, yeah. She wanted a son. Her beautiful boy. Now we can move on. Also, also, hold up. Before we move on, the image of that kid, though, that Clam sees, fucking Mm. horrific. I, like, couldn't even picture it, to be honest. I could, and it was... I'd be fucking disgusting. Like, I mean, it was yeah. evocative. Like, it really, it, 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 you know, evoked an emotional response from me, which was his goal. But, like, oof. But I wasn't into that. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't something I necessarily wanted to feel, but I um, felt can, it. Can I just give a quick thing about the Red Blades? 
Sure. I don't fucking remember any of their names, and they keep mm. being not at all important, and then suddenly supremely important, and it is infuriating. I, I still don't really yep. know who they are. I don't know which one of the star heel is. is she, did she kill Shaikh and was following Kalam? Maybe, but I thought there was more than just her. Like, and also, I look, I just said her name only because it's written in front of me, but the moment this, th- that we're done recording, I'm gonna fucking forget it again. Yep. Like, I, f- like I feel like if, if I'm not having consistent point of view from them i like i'm not i don't remember their names i don't remember any of the names of the people traveling with kalam because i've like literally not been inside their heads oh, don't worry josh the next book will be about listara and we'll hear all about <laughs> if you okay well i know for a fact because erickson said it that the next books are the bridge burners but india if any of our books is suddenly like and now listara yell the leading actress of this book i will eat a flip-flop. <laughs> like, that's, like, legitimately... It, it's so funny because that's within the purview of the series yeah, to be, like... Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> you had one line in one book, and now this next seven chapters is about you and yeah. solely your journey. Ugh, I would be livid. <laughs> um, We, uh... Well, quick Red Blades run down their uh, seven cities no, we're local done. We're done. militia. We're, we're, just move on. I don't... No, I don't want it. Well, they're loyal to the Malazans. Yes, there's are, the, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're seven cities natives who are loyal to the Malazans. I know that. I just don't know any of their fucking names. The red people? Well, Lestara Yill's the, the main one to keep track oh. of. She's the one who killed Shake. She followed the Kalam across the desert. And, and then there's you know, the two she brothers who are now in Coltane's retinue, right? They, like, swooped in during that one fight or something. Yeah, that's at the end of the next chapter. They, like, dip into the, yeah. Let's talk about that then, though. Okay, sure. Wait, why didn't that warren close? That seems like a little messed up. <laughs> Listen, it's... A little floppy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Quick Ben it's seven is Seven hours later, like, still open. Like, are you yeah, kidding? Like, Quick Ben created some shit. So, like, I, and it's not like he could test it, because, like, I imagine when a warren is opened to the Imperial... When a, when a rift is open, I imagine someone important finds out, so he probably can't, like, test it, you know? Mm. He can't, you know... So he, annoying. They do speak about, uh, they're like, oh man, this is open longer than we thought it would yeah, be. But I, for, also, I think. like, how powerful is Quick Ben that he could just create an, uh, an opening into the Imperial Warren? Like, insane. And he made it a rock. Also, is the Imperial Warren a man made Warren? Do we know its origins yet? Like, some weird stuff got said about it in this chapter, and it really confused me. There were some cryptic remarks. Yes. And I do like that section where they're like, uh, mm, they're like, well, why would you ever make a jewel magic? You know, it's kind of a little one meta thing, you know? What? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, knows oh yeah, because like, most fantasy novels are like, the yeah, yeah, Emerald yeah. of like, Ashara. someone would steal a jewel, no bullshit. one would steal a rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, but, um, and then just, because I feel like this is important in some way, or maybe it's not, but sure. it appears to be to me. So, why... They still don't know who Kalam is, the people that he's with. Kalam, 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 Kalam. They Correct, Kalam. they don't yet. Why is he hiding it? Uh, he's, I mean, there's, I mean, he's a pretty, like, well-known guy. I mean, it could just be as simple as they know that if he's here, he's he's on some weird shit, and they might not want to be with him. But why does he want to be with them? He doesn't even need them. Um, I think and, he... And he remarks that at one point. Yeah, yeah. I think he maybe said, the next chapter, he'd be like, this would be better if they were not here. I, I, I well, yeah, he, and I the girl even says said that, that I, to him. The girl yeah. says it, and he's like, well, it's not as easy as you'd think. I, I she's think like, he's why just, are you with us? I think he's just... Be, I think he's being nice, which is like a weird choice for Kalam. You know, a trained they, assassin. I just don't get why he won't tell them who he is, one. And two, why is he hiding apt? 
But I guess, I, I mean, like, I just don't understand the point of it. Like, why even do all that? Not that it matters. Not that it's relevant. Just why? Mm. But move it. It's just, those are just my thoughts. Mm-hmm. TM. What's TM? I was trademarking your thoughts. <clears throat> oh, thank you. You know, just for for, for posterity's sake, you know. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, let's let's uh, let's let's keep it moving. You know, let's uh, chapter 11, 11 was a big one, and uh, that was a good talk about it. I agree. Chapter twelve. Coltane and a thousand Wiccans lead the train across the desert. Fifty thousand refugees in the middle, and the Malzan soldiers on the flank. Duiker travels in the center of the train, speaking with the refugees until he is conscripted. Along with Captain Lowell, they will battle a Tisanthi war leader that is attacking the train. Nil has found the location of the war leader, and they are preparing to attack. In battle, Duiker is saved by a claw and a female warrior. They return and find that Lull and Nil survived the battle. They report to Coltane about the skirmish with the Tisanthi. Sora Enath speaks of the Semp god which has been consumed by the land spirits. They speak of the nature of this magic, an older and rawer type. Within these tunnels of magic, they do find fresh water. Being consumed and buffeted by a whirlwind, Felicin, Haboric, and Kulp seek refuge within a cave. It is difficult to enter, and Kulp uses a light to illuminate the hidden cave. Petrified humans surround them. They are within ruins of the First Empire. Haborg speaks of the path of the soul taken, and ancient humans favoring this dangerous and difficult path to ascendancy. A ritual had unleashed a plague of soul taken power on the city, capturing some Talani mass that had come to extinguish the ritual. Together, they find a pool of powerful water. Within the Imperial Warren, our travelers do not know why they have yet to reach Aaron. They find ruins similar to Akarium's Timekeeper from Darugistan. There is a trail of humans to the south and shapeshifters to the north. Kalam asks Kenneb about Manala, learning about her troubling marriage. Kenneb says he killed the abusive colonel, and Kalam says he would have too. Lestara, Yil, and Pearl consider their path forward. They slip into the battle next to Coltane's train. They save an elderly Astorian. Then, battling a Semk demon in a dangerous fight, Apt intervenes. After the battle, Apt returns to the Imperial Warren. Pearl and Lestara Yil follow. In Raraku, Fiddler and Crocus, as well as Mapo and Akarium, are tracking Apsilar. They find corpses with their throats slit and shapeshifters. Fiddler ponders what type of leader Apsilar would be. All the while, the whirlwind howls with laughter. So, Josh, we check in with uh, Coltane and the, uh, the soldiers, the refugees in the desert, Duikers in a little skirmish, uh, and, you know, to put it mildly, the, the Everyone's in a pretty hard spot. You know, I know they find water at the end of it, but, um, you know, there's certainly things are worse. Yes. Um, there's a lot of names in this one that I was so confused about. Like, so many names. Hold on. AJ, cut this, okay. cut this part, AJ. 
Indy, do you have a cat? I didn't know you had a yeah. cat. It's so cute. What's oh. its name? Oh, yeah. She has an adorable cat. Bella. What's it? Oh. Ella? Bella. 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 Oh, like Twilight. Yes. That <laughs> is her namesake. Incredible. You know, Pe- you know Peter and I visited Forks. Uh, when on our road trip, we did we did visit Forks, Washington. Yeah, it's true. But that we took there's a I took a picture of Charlie's truck. It was cool. Really? Yeah. Josh even actually took his shirt off and and, and asked me if he sparkled. <laughs> so and we went to we went to a there is one shop in the town that exclusively sells Twilight merchandise and it's it was sad. It, the the rage has died. <laughs> in 2010, I'm sure it was a big spot. Yeah, but when, exactly. we, when we went in 2016, it was okay. Anyway, back to it. okay. J- Josh, take us back into it. All right. Yeah. So, um, it's definitely a a more hmm a more muted part of the chapter. You know, because it, it it it's it's told from the perspective of Duiker, who's kind of like clinging on at first you know like you know uh, first off the dude he's with literally falls unconscious from lack of water uh you know in yeah. his horse while riding um Duerker's kind of like we get up we ride the horses we stop we get down we get back up we ride the horses again we stop we get like you know he's like every day is the same shit every day like 50 people die it's it was it's kind of like really a bummer um yeah. It really, I mean, it's a really good job of showing, like, how... And because, you know, they don't have another option. They either keep moving until they die, or they stop moving, and they die. Yeah. So it's 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 rough. Um, it was really interesting. Uh, and I did really like in this chapter, it, it, it doesn't happen necessarily all this one part. Of it. Actually, maybe it does. But um, all the stuff about how the Tasanthi war leader is um well you know they think there's they think it's the war leader but when they figure out that it's actually like one of those nature spirits that was corrupted by the seventh god i was like this is some real cool fantasy shit yeah like did not see any of that and they're like that's why we can't see the raids coming because it's being led by a nature spirit and the nature spirits don't think to look at their own i don't know it was just, it was really cool i was big into it but that being said when the big like haven't they read fantasy novels? Like, come on, gang. Don't you know that when the big buff dude with all these, like, fucking scars and marks walks in, and then, like, the smaller guy walks in, you, you always kill the smaller guy. The smaller guy definitely does the magic and is a bigger threat. It's true. that he The Semk was doing it. Also, really, really funny uh, The one when he's, like, his mouth was closed, and someone's like, all his holes were closed. I was like, all right, y'all. We don't... Let's not get gross about it. And and it's just so good. I'll get to India, I see you about to talk, but I just my last thought is I love I love that his tummy's his weak point. I just like <laughs> of all the places of all the places that it's like you know, because usually it's like he must be stabbed through the heart or like it must go through the brain. They're like, it's his tummy. That's why he's wearing I big say, belts. If you stab my tummy, I'd be down exactly. for the count. No, yeah, I think also his tummy. Yeah, I, listen. I think people really like. If I was in a fight, my first thing I'm aiming for, I'm trying to, I'm going to stab you in the tummy. Is my goal. I think. For, Maybe. Uh, you know, I want to go with on, a knife. Yeah. All right. Well, let's put Josh's fighting aside for a sec. <laughs> on the record, in a Mortal Kombat, I would try and stab my opponent in the tummy. Full stop. So, Inch, how do you think you would fare in this uh, caravan train? Oh no! I would have been. I would have died already. There, I wouldn't even have tried. You know what? Honestly, I probably would have been like Lacine's bitch throughout this whole thing and just like <laughs> trying to. Yo, at trying least to you're honest, by. India. And like, yeah, I mean, no, no time for this. But 
I, I too would fully be dead, so there's no mm-hmm. one reason. Yeah, I'd be like the, one of the, I, I hate to say it, but like the crucified children, that, that'd be where Rind would be. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I wouldn't have made it out alive, um, but I'm sure Apt would have adopted me. But with that said, I'm so confused. I, well, first of all, I think it's abundantly clear that Josh really enjoys the the war scenes. Or the, uh, I like love that. Way more than I do, and I definitely enjoy like the family scene. Like that, India. India I will tell you, I've read, I read, I read a, a four series. I read four books in a series that like were absolute. I couldn't get to the fifth. I, I tried. They were absolute dog shit books, except mm. for all of the fight scenes because the guy who writes them, uh, he larps like really hardcore in full mm. metal armor. He does that shit. So like the fighting was super, super well described. But then, like, human beings would talk to each other, and it was just absolute garbage. So, yes, I do like the fight scenes. Yeah, yes. So, for you, I think... And the, f- and the fights have not improved for you, then. No, I hate it. I hate it. It's so hard to get through this, like, battle bullshit. Like, and all the whole thing, not, even when they're not, even when they're just, like, going, and it's like, uh, it sucks, we hate everything, we're all <laughs> dying. It's like, okay, give me something of substance now. Like, I don't care. <laughs> So I get it. You're dying already. Yeah, like okay, but it, it's it, it's important to the book, I guess. But um, so that's where I stand with these parts. It's extremely painful for me to get through. Um, but and then I'm always confused because the characters where Duiker are, I just don't, I don't get them, and I'm not going to, and I've just, I've, I'm resolved to that fact. Something mm. that really confused me though was this Senk, the little yeah, yeah. person. Right? Yeah. Why, yeah. Okay. How? Why does he have the name of the god? One. Right? Well, it's it's like the tri. It's the name of the tribe. Yeah. So it's like the Semp god, and this is a Semp. You know. And so why was he so? And so it's he was using the power of the god still, or no? Yeah. The dead god was consumed by the spirits, so they were like quasi corrupted. Some of them. I don't know um, what that so means. So then, it, like the earth, the land spirits, you know. So then, like the but I they killed it, it was acting through yes, but its body was consumed. So therefore, oh, it's, it's like power is oh. still dwelling in the land spirit. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. Okay. I was so confused by that. All right. That's it. Yeah. There's some more nitty gritty magic stuff and there. Is Nil the little boy? That's a man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's multiple boy warlocks. And there's so. and Nell is the girl warlock, right? Nil and Nell. Isn't that their names? There's Nether and Nil. Nether, Nether, that's her name. And which ones? Nil is the, the boy. The genders. I thought Nil was the boy. I'm not 100 percent on. I feel pretty. So, I feel pretty strong that go? Nil was the boy. Nil's Nether's around too. Sormal Enat's the like the leader of them. Yeah, he's the big boy. He's the big. He wears a goat head. Mm-hmm. He wears a goat hood. <laughs> he wears a goat head. So uh, let's take a pivot into uh, this this shapeshifter city. Where Felicin, Habark, and Culp kind of sneak in, and we we talk a ton about you know what this shapeshifting ritual, and everyone's petrified, and they like have you know they're out of the desert, you know. Josh, we learn a lot here. What do you think? Are you going to be a shape turn into a shapeshifter anytime soon? Um, no. Can I can I tell you my true thoughts when I was reading this scene because we had oh, had the interview with Erickson at before we, uh, before we read these chapters. My thoughts sure. were, I don't need to give a shit about this. I'm certain we'll revisit this exact scene in one of the books. <laughs> one of the is books will take... Yeah, yeah, I literally was like, I. there were so many details that I just fucking skipped. Because I was like, if he fucking plants this, 
and we don't go back and watch this happen, then like, what's even the point, Erickson? We're gonna mm. go. We're gonna go watch a boat and people get their heads chopped up, but we're not gonna go see a city literally erupt into shapeshifters. There's no way. He's a better writer than that. We're gonna go see it. Hmm. Hmm. And do you think we'll see it? Um. Another instance of you guys thinking about something I didn't. I, I no. Well, how much? Well, how much of this whole just just did you catch catch then? Uh, the the overarching schemes. Sure. I mean, I. What do you mean? I there was a fir- like the first like that the idea that they were there was a world that got erased and then rebuilt or maybe mm. I don't know that's what I got I don't know mm. why that would be relevant and I I don't know Peter what do you mean I enjoy that you know they talk about seven cities being like a a continent and a location with that's like you know civilization bone civilization bone civilization and I think it's uh, you know, it's really cool that underground, you know, there's this remnants of the first empire. I swear to God, you know? what if is we go the first back empire, in time, though? I'm done. That's what I said. That's what I said. We're going to go back in time and see this. Also, what the fuck's the first empire? What's the first empire? I just don't know. Yeah, the first. It's I, the first time you, you're hearing about it. And they even, no, even it's joking. not because the oh roads were built by the first empire. Oh, well, that's true. Well, oh, that was, Still, a, that yeah. was a guess. That was a hundo percent a guess. I think they were. Uh, I like. Not, I, re- well, I remember might. them saying they were built by someone, but it wasn't until this exact moment that I remembered it. Maybe it was the first empire, but that's all we know. I just like that. Also, there's a conversation where they're like, "Well, are they they're like talking Rome? about the Talani Mass they like too?" And they're like, "Well, the Talani Mass would have to, would like to have a word with these first empire people because you know they're like disputing who is truly right. first. Well, you know, is this is this a Rome situation where like because they obviously had this incredible city and they built roads through a desert? Is this one of those things where like they had this technology that's been lost to time? You know, like Rome when it got sacked and we we lost all that stuff for a long time. They had uh... well." It's clearly the remnants of an ancient empire. Okay, that, thanks for saying nothing, bud. I'm disinterested. I am disinterested right. in this plot. I would like to exclude myself from this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> then we, uh, so they're they're in there, and they're they've they finally found a bit of refuge from the desert sun. What the heck so happened to Hamoric? He was like kicking. Yo, Haborik Hab- straight losing. Yeah, it. he's not doing too hot. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that was my favorite part of this chapter. It was him just being like, "Now I'm gonna say some crazy shit, and it's all true." <laughs> like what? What? Yeah, in yeah. his fever, he's like telling the past. Yeah, Got that was it. weird. Yeah, he's uh he's feeling it. Um, we cut to the Imperial Warum and Clay and Kenneb are talking about uh Manala and Akarium and uh, tra- tracking through the Warren and uh. But they seem a little bit lost. Josh, what uh, uh what do you, what do you make of this? Or, or have you found your way within the Imperial Warren? So my only thought, and because they say a little bit later, is that like I guess Kalam's just distracted. Like it shouldn't be this hard for him to leave. You know what I mean? Because mm. Pearl yeah. literally is like, all right, let me hop out of here real quick. Let's murder some fools. I haven't even been to the place that we're about to fight, but I can just fucking get there. So like. If he could, like, I, I guess maybe, maybe Pearl, Pearl's with maybe, it. Maybe Kalam's slipping. You know, he's he's thinking about the mm. kids. He's thinking about. I mean, really, I think what does it is when he finds out about Manala's marriage and like how awful it was. I really feel like that gets to him and probably is the thing that mm. like shakes him up the most and, and prevents him from like really focusing the way he needs to. Mm. I don't know. But that being I- said, that was. I mean, I mean, again, 
awful, awful to read what happened to her. Yeah, some some dark stuff. <sighs> so this is just another, I guess, scene that I don't see the point of. Um, so he can't figure out a way to get out. I didn't even really realize that. Well, they they're talking. I just about, thought they were walking they talk through. About, <laughs> well, they talk about in last chapter. They're like, "Oh, Quick Ben says you like to think have to about the place that you want to go." Going. Yeah, and clearly they're mm, just not getting. Pearl remarks, "They're like, well, why is Kalam? Why can't Kalam find his way through? You know." Yeah, so I don't, I don't know why. I have no idea. This, uh, no. this is not so. Yeah, this sometimes it gets a little thick, and I'm just like, I can't. This is one of those moments. Hmm. Um, of thinking well pearl and lestar yell are on their trail they dip out they like fight the scent demon and you know like we see the battle from that point of view and which was interesting that, know, was, that was interesting Duiker. yeah and then we also get a glimpse at apt what what did you think about their kind of flip slip slipping in and out and you know all that inge um i why are i why are they able to use it so much more like effectively can you tell me well, that? Per, uh, Pearl is an imperial claw, and um, he's obviously used to using the Warren. Mm. Uh, but well, but Kalam was too. So like that. Yeah. And is why are Pearl and Lestara like at first? She seemed. Uh, does she know who he is? Because she didn't seem like she did in that last chapter. But now they're like besties. I think he does identify himself as an imperial claw. So they, he she knows that as much. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But I think they're kind of just traveling partners in the moment, you know. Mm. Well, uh, well, let's wrap. Let's uh, let's wrap things up. We've been going for a bit, and um, but of course, the last beat in this uh, these section is uh, in Raraku. Everyone's out tracking Absalar. So um, maybe we'll. Uh, what, what do you? What do the two of you think? So uh, we're all we're all headed into the whirlwind as they're uh, it is laughing at them. What do you? Uh, what do you think's gonna? What do you think's gonna get it? Get up in this whirlwind sandstorm going on? I I gotta say I don't know if you felt the same way, India. It was a really jarring transition into this scene because like we know that they're going to leave the tower, but like suddenly they're just deep in the whirlwind. Well, like why? Why are there people here fighting inside of it? Like, why are there followers of the whirlwind inside of the damn thing? And, like, I, I don't know. It was really confusing to me. I didn't really understand the mm. purpose of them being there. And, I mean, I get why the soul taken into Ivers are. Like, they're they're going there to follow the path of hands and try to become ascendant. But, like, I don't know. The, the whirlwind is so disorganized. The rebellion whirlwind, not the whirlwind physical thing. You're saying, like, why are these rebels here to get their throats slit? Yeah, like, that, that, that confused the hell out of me. Yeah. I don't know. And also, I mean, it was just like, how did they get here so fast? Also, why are, like, I don't know. It was weird. I guess we'll learn more later. I mean, I'm, I'm excited, too. It was just really, it was a weird transition for me. India, they, uh, Fiddler speaks about what type of leader Absalar would be. Yeah, he doesn't seem very uh, confident in her ability to lead. Well, I, which... I think makes sense because she's like, this is all just kind of for like thrown upon her. She really never. It, it's very random that she. I, well, I guess maybe it's not random at all, but for her, it's random to be here. So how would she know how to like lead in any type of way, unless mm-hmm. she still has some of that? What's his name? Cotillion? God juice. Cotillion, I, the, I think we should the, call it God. Cotillion dancer. We call echoes. It God juice. Yeah. God juice. Yeah. It's like, but. For what reason should anyone be confident in her abilities? Well, I also, I, I think it's just interesting to hear him talk about that type of charisma and to think about 
different leaders and i like hearing him think about them but why would like um, he mentions like all these people who i didn't yeah, know Dujak, whiskey yeah jack, except Dossum. whiskey jack and like tattersale mm-hmm. but he's, he's like tattersale could have been a great leader if she wanted to yeah. be you know maybe she still will be maybe Reach. I also love that the whirlwind is laughing at them. I think that's a very evocative image for me. Before we go out, uh, we're glad to be back on track and we're going to finish out Deadhouse Gates. Uh, um, we are glad to have Steve on the show and it was a treat talking to him, but we're resuming, resuming our normal course and uh, sailing straight forward. Hopefully our ship so, doesn't get caught in a warren and we have to escape oh, via yeah. Undead Dragon. We didn't even talk about the Undead Dragon until I mass thing, but listen, that's uh, for another day, I guess. Yeah. Wait, um, yeah. wait, sorry. Did we skip the part about um, like Pearl and Lestara fighting. No, no. Uh, we Didn't briefly we? mentioned then, that it we happened. Like briefly mentioned it. Why did Apt help them? Apt's around. Apt's a chiller. Right. I I, uh, yeah. Again. Again. India. I don't fucking know. Did Did Apt kill the Semk? Like yes. Uh, he like fucking sorry. devours his tummy. How did he we gets not in discuss that this? Is it not relevant, Peter? I feel like sometimes you breeze over things that may or may not be relevant for a reason, and I. D- Throw me a bone. I will say uh, it's not purposeful. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> the he relevance of things I, uh, I, I brush over, it's just, I don't know, I'm more just- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up on these from now on, these cues mm-hmm. that you drop. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you can start conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> a conspiracy about Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on. So sorry for the interruption. We're 10 very big books on Twitter and Gmail, and- uh, Send us a message, let us know what you think of the show, or, uh, you know, we got a ton of great feedback about the interview with Steven Erickson, and it was, uh, it was great to have people write in about the interview. You know, it's great to, to hear everyone. It, it meant a lot. Um, finally, before we go, as always, India, do you want to hit us with a prediction on the way out? My head is hanging low. Um, my prediction is that Avslar is going to get to find her dad, and if it is her dad. And we're going to find out some more stuff, and maybe I have a feeling she's going to be forced into something that she doesn't want to do. Mm. Josh, prediction on the way out? My prediction is that Kalam and co. will get out of the Imperial Warren, but they may not be at the place that they necessarily wanted to go to. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Um, and Kalam and Manila, huh? A little oh, romance yes. brewing. A ship and a little relationship over oh. there. Always a hope. Ooh. Um, alrighty. Well, uh, we're, uh, I guess that's it. I've got nothing else to say. That's the show, ain't it? Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> that's the show, folks. Yeah, that's, that's all. Looney Tune song, I know. <laughs> okay. You know, you know, you that, know one. that one. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. We're about. Um. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Damn it. Oh my god. <laughs> can I? Can I stop recording? We are so awkward at the end. That ending was rough today. I'm hitting stop. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Producer AJ here with my bit in its rightful place at the end of the program. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to this episode. And moreover, thank you for listening to the interview with Steven Erickson. Uh, We heard from so many of you over the last couple of weeks about how much you enjoyed the interview, uh, about how much you're just enjoying the show. And I have to tell you, it really, really means a lot. Uh, Please keep reaching out. We love your tweets. We love your emails. We love it all. Uh, Also, our listener numbers have been increasing by the day, thanks to you all. And we'd 
love to keep those numbers growing. You can help us do that by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. And if you use a different podcast app to listen to the show, just tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best advertisement we can ask for. And so please, please do it. <laughs> uh, as is custom, thank you to Dan Gesrick for making our spectacular logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Gesrick for the hottest takes on hockey's entertainment value as of late. And of course, the incredible music in today's episode is by the one and only Amaranthin from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books. We'll be back on December 6th with chapters 13 and 14 of Dead House Gates. And as per usual, thank you so much for listening.